Um, but, but Dak Prescott, though, man, this guy has been absolutely outstanding this year. 75 freaking percent completion on the season. He's just looked like absolute and complete control of this offense and complete command. What do you guys make of him as an MVP candidate? Is he a likely favorite to win it for the NFL? I honestly hope everybody listened to our preview for the season because, I mean, if you wouldn't made that bet at the beginning of the season, you'd be you'd be pulling a lot of money at the end of the season if he gets it. And he, he's looking like that guy. And, I mean, he's definitely going to be comeback player of the year after yeah. his injury. Mm-hmm. 100% comeback player of the year, especially if he keeps this up. But MVP, I mean, he, he has to be up there. He's like top three MVP candidate at this point. He, he's... Is exactly what I thought he was going to be coming mm-hmm. into the season. A lot of people were worried about about his injury and you know him coming back from it. But I've I've seen the way Dak Prescott works. Like watching him all through, because I'm an SEC fan. I'm I'm an LSU fan. I watched him coming all through college and everything. I even was like this close to betting him as a Heisman candidate his last year. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I didn't because he didn't wind up winning it. But he was <laughs> he was up there. It was close. But uh, but yeah, I I love Dak Prescott. I, I the way he approaches the game, he he has real love for it, and mm-hmm. I think that his connection with Cooper and with with Zeke and and now with with CD Lamb and when Gallup comes back healthy, I mean Gallup's on IR right now, and he's still showing out. Once once Gallup comes back, that's just another piece into the puzzle. On top of Dalton Schultz already showing out again and bringing his production over from last year. I, I think Dak is a he's definitely one of my top favorites, which y'all know he was my top favorite at the beginning of the season for MVP candidate. What about you, George? What do you say about Dak's chances of winning the MVP? So when it comes to him at like winning the MVP, I as awesome as he's been and as much as I love him as as both a player and a person, I just don't see him in that same, I don't want to say same tier as some of these guys that are in in this MVP conversation, you know, year in and year out. But all of these other guys do something that just really sets them apart from, Mm -hmm. you know, what we're seeing with Prescott. I mean, just looking at, of course, everybody uses, you know, a ton of statistics, you know, a ton of numbers to really determine who's going to win the MVP. And simply put, looking at it, he doesn't lead in any category. He doesn't lead in yards or completion percentage or touchdowns or QBR or rating. He's good. He's certainly not not just good. Let me rephrase that. He's fantastic. He is an outstanding quarterback. I would love to have him on any team that I root for. That said, I don't see him in the, you know, full-on running for it, even with the awesome team that he has with him. Just because all of these other guys, I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes is just a living highlight reel. Excuse me. Yeah. Josh Allen, I mean, what other quarterback do you know in the league that can sling a ball 80 yards down the field in midair, and then next time he comes up against a linebacker, he's just going to drop his shoulder and run a man over? Or you've yeah. got Kyler Murray, <laughs> who runs like he's a little wide receiver, just zipping around the field. Oh, flick of the wrist, and that ball's in the end zone. You know what I mean? All of these guys have something that completely sets them apart and if we're talking about a a guy that is just you know succeeding beyond anything he's done before in his career based on his fit in a team 
Matt Stafford. I, I mean, you've yeah. got a guy that for the first time is going to a place where they are catering an offense to him. They have the talent to do so, and they have the coaching staff to do so, and he is showing out for it. I, I mean, I, I feel like it's as simple as that, and that's coming from somebody who, look, I love Dak Prescott. Like, this guy is an awesome quarterback. I love watching him play. I, I love him off the field. He, he's such a good guy. But to me, those intangibles don't automatically put you in the MVP race, even when you're having a really, really good year. Mm-hmm. I think what sets Kyler Murray apart is how fast his little legs move when he's That's running what I'm across the field. Yeah. You know, yeah. you've never seen these tiny little legs move so fast across the field. Well, that's the thing. He'll go from like running it's crazy. like that, and then all of a sudden he'll just flick the ball and launch it. just launch it all gone. the way down. The and, and you're like, oh, I guess he can do that too. Fantastic. Murray. Also, Murray I didn't has even been bring up Lamar Jackson. Fire. I also didn't yeah. even bring up Lamar Jackson, who honestly, well, a, yes, he's, no, but honestly, with Lamar Jackson, if he brings that team to the playoffs or wins that division. He oh, definitely man. deserves MVP consideration. Because that with, team is He had J.K. Dobbins yeah. go down. He yeah. had Gus Edwards go down. He had That's their first round pick, Rashad Bateman, go down. He had Marcus Peters go down in the secondary on the defense. And he is still winning games. And Lamar Jackson, like you can't – any other player in the league, any other quarterback, honestly, if you're thinking about it, any other quarterback, they go down. They could still probably win a few games. Lamar Jackson goes down. He is that offense. They are losing basically every game. Without Lamar Jackson, they are nothing. Oh, yeah. Lamar Jackson is the whole offense. And and people don't realize that, and they're like, oh, he's a running back playing quarterback, whatever. That that shit's stupid to me. Oh, yeah. No. That that type of comment is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's asinine. So, Lamar Jackson, if he keeps winning games like he is, I mean – he has to be in the MVP conversation. Exactly. But, for him. And that's, that's the big part I'm of it still going to gonna pull for my guy just because I, mean, I called it at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But, and I'm really excited that Dak has shown out like he has because it was I was trying to go a little bold with my MVP prediction because he's mm-hmm. coming off an injury. But the offense surrounding him, he has so many weapons that I can easily see it happening. And, and what about you, Coach? Okay. No, no, you're you're fine. I, I was just gonna make the comment that the biggest part of MVP that I feel like people kind of get the wrong impression of, or are are, are really focus on the wrong part of, it's the value. We're not talking mm-hmm. about the best player in the league. We're not talking about okay, this guy uh, just had the best rushing numbers or, or whatever it yeah. may be. We're talking about the most valuable player, the player that brings. Mm-hmm the most added value to their team. And Mm -hmm. like last year, all I'm saying is that Packers team without Aaron Rodgers is losing a bunch of football games. I'm sorry. That team was not that good. They had about three Mm -hmm. players and Aaron Rodgers was involved with, with making sure those guys played well. So that's the biggest thing to me is the value. I feel like with this Dallas offense, with the way that it's functioning right now, you could put a lesser quarterback in there and they would still function pretty well. I'm not saying they would win the same amount of games, but they would still be good enough to function. You know what I mean? Whereas, that's what, that's like what you, you think, but then, but then, like, they had they had the same kind of offense kind of last year because the health wasn't there. I mean, you know, Dak was Dak was humming last year to begin yeah. the season, oh, and he, he went down. 
and Dalton, uh, QB1 of the Bears yeah, for the Dalton. short stint. Hey, everything just tanked after that. That's not lesser. That's like bottom of the barrel. Oh, I God. said lesser, not Andy Dalton. You know, you know but everybody says Dalton's an upgrade from Trubisky. So, I mean, uh, I'm just saying. Those guys are wrong. Um, they are. I, I honestly don't. I don't see Trubisky as a terrible quarterback. I think. Can, that we, can we mention Andy Dalton without reminding me that he's the quarterback one for the Bears? No, ideally he's for not. Manic. We we have. He's not anymore. I mean, he's not the QB one is, for the Bears. Fields is the QB one now. For this you know, but here's the thing. I still think Matt Nagy, like, underneath it all, honestly, is just thinking, yeah, I totally want Justin Fields to start, you know? Like, he's not comfortable at all with it, you know? He's he's just, like, he's, like, almost pressured into doing it. It was almost peer pressure that got him to finally, you know, he's not stand sense in him, you know? He's going to pull, like, a Brian Flores, and he's going to just take Fields out the game and throw Dalton in there. But it's not going to go as good as it did with, with Fitzpatrick. Well, yeah, that's because Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick is better is than Andy A lot Dalton. more dynamic than Andy Dalton. Okay. He, he, can, he can throw all the passes. He can sling that well, thing. Let, let's slide. go to... Let's Coach, go to what Coach Craig. Coach, yeah, what do you got for us? Do you think he's got it to, to, to win it all for this year, or is he a little too far behind as some other MVP candidate? I think he's probably top five, but you could, by yeah. the end of the season, there's a chance that you can make a case for Dak Prescott. There's a, chance that you, there's a chance that you can make a case for Justin Herbert. There's a chance that you can make a case for Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. If this Packers defense is as bad as it's going to be without Jair Alexander and Zadarius Smith, there's gonna and the Packers are winning. You you're gonna have to make a case for Aaron Rodgers once again, and that defense like Joe Barry should never be a defensive coordinator again. That should never be allowed. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> Literally 28th or worse every time he's been a defensive coordinator. Failed twice and was defensive coordinator for the 0 and 16 Lions team. Oh, never again. Nobody should ever do that. Just yeah. because you're buddies with Matt Lafleur does not mean you should be a defensive coordinator. But there's those guys. There's Kyler Murray. There's Patrick Mahomes. There's we have so many good quarterbacks that could be MVP this year. It's going to be based probably on which team overperformed the most mm-hmm. yeah. at the end of the day. And if if Derrick Henry carries this Titans team, mm-hmm. then he could have a chance too. Because no. man, I would love to see a Who running knows? back to MVP. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a running back. I'm in another 2000. Derrick Henry, yeah. You know, uh, he's on pace to shatter the rushing attempts record set by Larry Johnson back in 2006 right now. I mean, this dude is getting well over 30 carries of game. What? Like, yeah. what a callback with Larry Johnson, too. I know, like, right? I feel like people forget about that guy. He was good for like a two-year stretch with the, with yeah. the Chiefs, two-and-a-half-year stretch. He was damn good. Stretch. He took the torch from Priest Holmes, and, uh, you know, they were at some damn good run games back then for the, for the yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that AFC West as a whole come to think with Dane Tomlinson, the the Bengals, I'm sorry, the um, Broncos had a bunch of great run games. It's just incredible. But anyways, um, yeah, uh, uh, so honestly, I think with this, um, with Dak Prescott, he just, he's playing phenomenal. I can't knock him. But I think he kind of falls on the back end of my conversation. He's in the conversation, but he's in the back end of my conversation for MVP because there are other guys like we had named earlier, with Derrick Henry, for instance. With with uh, uh, Matt Stafford, with Patrick Mahomes, who may be the front row, with Derek Carr, even I think is not. Uh, may, may Derek Carr has been, been very surprising. Isn't he leading? Isn't he leading the league in uh, passing yards right now? Yeah, yep. he is. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that is not super common for him. And that, you know he's dealt with some with Josh away. Jacobs being out too. On top of that, you know. Yeah, I mean he just chucked it to Darren Waller like almost every time until the fourth <laughs> quarter. 
Until the yeah. fourth quarter, then Brian Edwards gets involved. I'm sorry. Uh, well, and, and Henry Ruggs, honestly, he's been kind of interesting. Ruggs? Yeah, yeah he's, he's definitely... Threat. Yeah, he's definitely came into his own a bit this year. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I think it, it's just the, the, the supporting cast that he has, I think, is a little too much to where maybe you're you're more so wanting to give the credit to someone else because they don't have as much as Dak has offensively. Because, like I said, it's like the 90s offense all over again. Their offensive line is stacked. Their receiving core stacked. Their running game stacked. Everything is stacked all around him. So he's set up for an incredibly successful situation. But those are some guys that I would probably consider over him. I would probably consider Dak, though, over to Lamar, personally. Not to say that Lamar doesn't deserve to be in the conversation, but I just like what Dak has done from a passing standpoint a little more than what, what, what Lamar has done this far. But, of course, he's also dealt with his fair share of, of, of uh, obstacles as well. But I want to shift gears towards the Titans and the Jets game. Jets coming away with this one, 27-24. Yeah, I know. Hey, hey, Zach Wilson, man. Could, be this the, could this be the corner? I have to wonder, you I know? So. Uh, yeah, but before we not... get to that's not yet the corner. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry. That's not yet the corner. Can the Falcons game be the corner? I mean, the Falcon. he's going to still be good in the Falcons game. I just don't find yeah. him being consistent for the rest of the year, like throughout yeah. the season. I think that it's going to take the full year because I think he was more developmental than he, he should have been to be picked as high as he was. But I think, like, coming into next season, he, he'll probably be a, a consistently good quarterback for y'all. I, I just don't see it happening throughout the season. If I'm if I'm being just fully honest from what I saw on film and stuff, I mean, yeah. he could throw – he can make all the throws, but also he's not supported by a good run game. And he has decent weapons, not great weapons on the outside. And then the defense is just meh. I mean – it's just for for him to be consistently good, they probably need to get another good receiver and please get a good running back. And the, the offensive line probably needs to be bolstered a little bit too. I mean, there's there's a few thing that things that need to happen, but I think by next season he'll have it figured out enough because he is athletic enough to like escape the pocket if they don't have a good offensive line and and make plays himself. But I I just don't see it happening in this season where he'll be consistently good. He's going to have those games where he throws, like, three interceptions just randomly because he's, he's just trying to learn it. He's trying to learn the game. The game moves much faster than it does at BYU. What do you say, George? You're the Jets fan of the group. Uh, do you feel confidence in your boy, Zachy Wilson? Um, as much as I'll always look at him and say, man, that guy has a very punchable face, because he does. Let's be honest. He really does. He, he really does. He really does. It's not his fault. He's born with it, damn I it. didn't ask what, how he got it. I just he, said he what just I said. said. It's punchable. I just said it was punchable. I don't care how he, he got it there. I, and I, I agree. stand by it. And he also looks 16. He, he does. Also he does not he look, does like, look 16. That dude gets, you know, for damn well, he's getting hoarded everywhere, you know? Yeah, please don't, don't go punch out there punching sixteen-year-olds. Please don't yes. punch sixteen-year-olds. You're gonna get in trouble. <laughs> no, I mean, that's not, it's not a good look for you. Not, not I'll, I'll create a, a disclaimer graphic to to, yes. to warn people not to punch out. Okay. Uh, just a big warning, warning across the top. <laughs> yeah, like like they begin with jackass, where like don't perform these stunts, don't punch sixteen-year-olds. Sixteen-year-olds, <laughs> please do that. Um, oh god. So the thing is, uh, like. I think this is going to be end up one of those seasons where it was like an early Sam Darnold season in that you saw mm -hmm. flashes, you saw 
that this player has the ability to do what they need to do to be a successful NFL quarterback. Uh, the issue is, is it's going to come down to, excuse me, putting it all together. And one thing mm-hmm. that I have not liked and has gone, you know, not in favor of Zach Wilson's success has been the offensive play calling. I mm-hmm. think yes. I think LaFleur has been uh, really trying to dumb it down and dumb it down way too much to make it almost too boring and simple. And that's just simply not Zach Wilson's game. To me, he is like the complete antithesis of Mac Jones. Where in Mac Jones, the way that they've built the system around him, the way that he's playing football is simple, it's boring, it's efficient, well, for the most part, efficient and effective. Okay, but that's the thing. Can he make all the same throws that Zach Wilson can? Can he move around in the pocket like Zach Wilson can? Unequivocally, no. Simply put, no. So instead of them trying to put Zach Wilson in a Mac Jones box... Why don't they try and build the offense for Zach Wilson? Because mm-hmm. if you guys looked at the plays, the you know the off-platform throws that were just absolute yeah. bomb downfield, those mm-hmm. are on broken plays where the offensive line, which it, right now, just based, based on health-wise and, and overall, the, the talent there is not good enough. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to have him rolling out of the pocket. You're going to have to have him shifting the pocket itself around, stepping up, having that level of poise that I'm not sure he has just yet. But the thing we can all say is once it becomes, you know, just a broken play, that's where I start to believe in him a little bit more because at that point it just comes down to talent. And, and I think he has talent in spades, you know, where he can yeah, just, he he can just yes. throw that ball anywhere he wants to and get it on time and on target. The issue is when you try and put him in a box where he is not prepared to play that way, or, or that's mm-hmm. not his skill set, he's not going to succeed. And I think Lafleur has to learn that and learn mm-hmm. it quick. Yeah, and he has so, tons of arm talent. Like he he can throw any ball you want him mm-hmm. to. The thing between him and like Mac Jones is Mac Jones just goes through his progressions quicker. So I think they just need to try and gear the plays more towards what Zach Wilson does, maybe get him on the move and just kind of looking at like one side of the field because there people do that for their, for their rookie quarterbacks. A lot of the time they'll, they'll put them on the move and they'll get them more looking at one side of the field and they could throw it or they could run it. Okay. So, I mean, Zach Wilson has enough speed to just like pick up what he can if there's something there. So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of how I look at him right now. By the way, did you guys see that deep ball he had in like the was the nine minute mark in the fourth quarter to Corey Davis? That was sensational. I don't know if you guys saw that. That was that unreal. Roll out and absolutely yeah. Roll out to the throw. right and yeah, oh, I saw. Yes, perfect placement, man. And and Corey Davis, man, he's on pace to have a spectacular, really good year this year. He um, really is. Um, and I was surprised because I didn't know if he could perform as a one because he did not do well as a one in Tennessee. Yeah, he. I, I wondered about that too, honestly. You know, because that was really AJ Brown's uh, um, territory. Yes. You know, so by the way, this kind of was technically a, a, a revenge game for him too. You know, four catches, 111 yards, and that TD for the deep ball. He was outstanding in this one. Because um, uh, yeah, like we said, AJ Brown was more so the number one with, with the Titans. But uh, what, what do you see, Coach Craig, about Zach Wilson? Could this be a turning point, or could that be later in the season, or frankly, coming next year? I think you're going to see a lot of what we want to see out of him coming up here. You're going to see a pretty good game against Atlanta. They have a bye week after that, I believe, and then they play the Patriots. So you're probably going to have another tough game again. 
because yeah. the Patriots had a tough game last time. I think I talked about on the previous pod, they did the same exact thing to Justin Herbert last year. He didn't score a single point against that Patriots team at home last year. So <laughs> it's not uncommon for rookie quarterbacks to struggle against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if we see him come out and play better against the Patriots the second time, that's going to be a big stepping point as well. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, like George mentioned already, this offensive line, I was a little bit more excited for it coming into the year. Just McGuire Beckton coming back in the second year. They signed Morgan Moses. If he yeah. would have played right tackle and moved George Fant down to guard, the offensive line would have been average at least. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And average is better than what they got. But obviously, McGuire Beckton got fan, injured. Or, he's, he's rough. <laughs> and he played he played better last year than he had played previously with Seattle. I think if you mm-hmm. move him to guard, he'll be an okay player. Yeah. But. The fact that Makai Becton went out, Morgan Moses has to step in for him now, and he hasn't looked quite as good this year. He was he graded out pretty well PFF wise last year with the yeah, Redskins. He did. Or the Washington football team. We don't say that word. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, no worries. You're I, good. Edit, can we I'm still getting used to it myself. But going back to George's point, Lafleur as a play caller. He's not doing what's best serving Zach Wilson. He's not scheming players open. So it's making things more difficult than it needs to be. You should be using lots of like you go back to BYU. What'd they do? A lot of RPOs. I was about to say RPO yeah. all day, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had to worry about a lot too, and they haven't been really utilizing tight ends at all. I don't know if it's because of their tight end talent or just scheme yeah. or what. Probably this, tight end talent. This but, is a, uh, I mean, this have, is a Tyler Croft. Yeah, Croft and Griffin. Tyler Croft. <laughs> Tyler Croft. Tyler Croft's account. A lot of Tyler Croft love in this one. (laughs) I thought he was going to be good preseason. I was like, oh, man, Zach Wilson, he loves throwing to his tight ends. Tyler Croft's been killing it. Tyler Croft, that's that guy. Tyler Croft hasn't really done shit this whole season. Joke's on you. LaFleur doesn't like his tight ends. Joke's on everyone. I mean, LaFleur doesn't like me, apparently. Yeah, I think I mean, that's pretty uh, cool. Joke is think, on me. You know what? I think we should have him on the show, and I think we should talk yeah. about it. <laughs> I'm going to have a one-on – can I have a one-on-one interview? Please. With yeah, him, and, and we'll see who can crush more beers, uh, me and him. I think that would be a great a great competition. LaFleur, you know – He looks like he listening. can drink some beer. He does. And we know that you're listening. He looks like he can. We know that you're listening. Please, come on the podcast. We know that you're, we yeah. know that you're tuning in. Yeah. So, Matt, sorry to – Leave – yeah, just, just leave it in yeah. here. Leave your email. We'll get to you. We'll get you on the show. It'll be fine. And yeah. I'll say I think the run game is getting slightly better. And the more they get Michael Carter involved, it's been yeah. progressed. Yes. I like Michael, Michael Carter. He's much better than the other running backs they have. But it's just that yeah. they want to go with the committee with Coleman and Ty Johnson. and Yeah. It's just not a good idea. Like neither one of them, them are very talented. Like my Michael Carter, he can catch the ball at the backfield. He's a decent runner. Like he's mm-hmm. he actually outproduced Javante Williams in college. Mm-hmm. So everybody's big on Javante Williams, and Michael Carter was that fucking guy. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't understand why they're not utilizing him more. But I think he's just trying to yeah. go off of what he did. What he saw in San Francisco, he's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, we use multiple backs in San Francisco. Well, that's because y'all had multiple decent NFL running backs in San Francisco, and now you have the New York Jets running back stable. 
But yeah. if, you, if you look at the last three weeks, Michael Carter's snaps here, 45%. I can't remember what it was the one week that Coleman missed, but last week it was like 51%. So it's going up. He's trending in the right direction. And as, that, and as he's trending up, this run game is getting better. And I kind of think they're figuring it out with their offense alignment, what they need to do to make this run game at least somewhat successful. And then, but like if you, like I already said, if you just throw in a little bit of that RPO, because you can do that with Michael Carter too. He did that with someone at uh, North Carolina, with Sam Howell too. You can use these guys. You have playmakers on your team. And they have to find a way to get Elijah Moore involved, moving him in motion, oh, yeah. bringing him across the screen, because lining him one-on-one -on, -one on the outside is never going to work. He got jammed up in college when he was pressed, and he's not an outside wide receiver. He needs to be a slot wide receiver, but they have Jamison Crowder at this point in time, so you need to figure out ways to motion these wide receivers around, create mismatches, and that's how you're going to be successful as an offense. For the foreseeable okay. future, they're without Elijah Moore due to a concussion. He cleared uh, protocol not... yesterday, Did I believe. He? I thought they might have still been holding him out for this week. I, don't, I didn't know I, he was traveling. I believe, he might I believe be. so. He might be. E either way, yeah. they, they were certainly uh, without him for at least last week. Uh, and and yeah. before with an injury, they should have tried to trade Jamison Crowder because they don't really have a need for him at this point. I agree. I mean, your team isn't competing, and Jamison Crowder is a, a really good slot receiver. And send him to anybody for anything, mm -hmm. and then put Mims on the outside, put Davis on the outside, and then put put your boy. Uh, you know. <laughs> Does someone not? I mean, I'm not saying. I'm not saying Mims is great, but I mean, then you put more in the slot. And How do then we know he's not good? He hasn't been wrong with it. Yeah, just give him, just give him some snaps, and he's fast. I mean, just send him on some go routes. Would do something with him. So, you know, it's never going to happen with Denzel Mims. Uh, he's only 23. He's only yeah. Let's let's be fair to Denzel Mims because he's only in his second year now in the league, and he's he's only played two he's games. Like, he's a season. second round pick, right? Yeah, yeah. Six eight, two hundred pounds. Really, really fast guy. Wait, but I think we need to be a little patient sometimes with these guys. <laughs> That's just me though, you know. But he he like go back to college. Hmm. He ran like two routes. Yeah. He's fast and he's big, and that's it. Like, you're better off having McCall Hardman out there at this point in time. Ah, oh, don't say that. I hate, I hate McCall Hardman. I don't know. I, I'm still kind of waiting and seeing with Denzel Mims if he can finally get healthy, if he can finally, you know, just find his rhythm. It's still way too early on. And, he, you know, working with a new quarterback, for instance, too, has got to change things up as well. So there's that chemistry that needs to be established as well. Um, but I want to say, yeah, with Zach Wilson, I think this could be an interesting situation where he could turn the corner. Um, uh, you know, and, and start lighting up. It, it could be the case. I mean, you know, he's they're play, you said they're playing the Falcons next week, right, George? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a great tune-up game to kind of like where this this could be his breakout performance where maybe he lights it up for 340 yards and three touchdowns. You know, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, we don't know the Falcons Stevens ain't going to do shit against, <laughs> honestly, the Jets, frankly. I mean, they're just, they've been a joke for quite some time and they're, they're you know, they're in rebuilding mode right now. So, uh, um, you know, let's just be real about it. Uh, but I, I feel, you know, this could be interesting to see how this plays out. It may not be in a consistent fashion where he establishes that that rhythm this year. It might take another year, and I think we just all need to be patient with that because, honestly, for me, for the rookie quarterbacks, the first year, 
I'm not gonna say you can just do about anything you want to do, but the first year I, I don't take with the utmost seriousness because, again, it's your first year in the league. And a lot of these guys, you look at, like, like for instance, and maybe this isn't the greatest example, but Jared Goff, how much he struggled. He looked pathetic his first year. And everyone's like, he's a bust. Count him out. And then the next year he leads him to the Super Bowl. Like, come on now. Like, let's just be a little bit patient with these guys. Let's just, it, it takes some time to really establish this chemistry. So I, I really think that's the same thing with him. Uh, I want to get into this one last question, and then we're going to have to, like, really plow through these previews. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to really ask any questions. I'm just going to ask you guys the scores and what you guys predict because we're running pretty long on time. I figured we'd, we'd probably include that in there, though, since we had teased them. But um, uh, with Derrick Henry, do you guys feel that he can be – it's going to be, uh, um, you know, manageable to keep feeding him the ball as much as they are, for, you know, for offensively? and continue to have success doing so? Or do they need to really incorporate Ryan Tannehill to really get active in this pass game and, and, and feature that more so? They need Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball more, but they also need their wide receivers to be healthy. So that's the exactly. problem right now. Yeah. So if their wide receivers can stay healthy, then then we won't have to give 800 carries to Derrick Henry. But if they can't stay healthy, I mean, Derrick Henry's not even a real human being. I think that he might be an alien. So he can take on as many carries as he wants. Uh, I mean, yeah. when you watch him play on the field, he looks bigger than the offensive lineman, and that is not typical for a running back. So no. I think Derrick Henry, he, he, can, he can take as many carries as you want to give him, but I also think eventually he has to wear down. Like, when, you, when you're about to hit, like, 400 carries off 17 games, like, you're going to have to wear down eventually. Yeah. Even though you're like a superhuman and clearly just not a real person and you're a creative Madden player that is brought into real life, mm -hmm. you, you, you're still going to slow down at some point. We didn't turn injuries off, so I mean, it might happen. So let's just we'll move on to Coach Craig. Go, go Coach Craig. So you, you say what you want to say. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm trying to remember what the initial question was, but I think Derrick Henry Derek Henry's world is, is Derrick Henry the <laughs> horse or not? Is, is he a horse or is, is he, he not a horse? real person? Is yeah. he an alien or he is he a created player in Madden that somebody just somehow transferred into the real world? The, so there's about three created players from Madden into the real world. One is Derrick Henry. The other one's Tutu Atwell, just because you can't actually make it, because weight in Madden at 155 or oh, 149, whichever it was. That's true. That is and true. Aaron, and Donald, Aaron Donald's the third? Aaron Donald's one. I'd give Vita Vea the third, just because he's 340 okay. oh, wow. pounds, and nobody's as strong and moves as fast as he, he does yeah. at that weight. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah that's true. With like one arm, he's throwing offensive linemen like he's like shot-putting them almost. You know, It's like, Jesus, <sighs> man. Yeah, exactly. And then, but going, I think the biggest issue for this team, obviously the health of the wide receivers is important, but at the end of the day, their offensive line has been terrible, terrible, terrible in pass protection, not to mention oh, their yeah. defense is terrible mm -hmm. anyways. And I hate how everybody's always surprised that the Titans defense is terrible under Mike Vrabel because the one year he was the Texans defensive coordinator, they had J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney, Whitney Merciless, all these guys on defense. Terrible. Like, he couldn't call defense to save his life. He is a great individual, a great leader of people, makes some questionable decisions, can't call a defense. So he's probably the most overrated coach in the NFL at this point in time, honestly. Yeah. But 
this offensive line, if they can't pass protect, they're just done for this year. We've seen, obviously, Chandler Jones had the big game at the beginning of this year. And then I believe Ryan Tannehill, I think he's sacked like five times last week against the Jets, too. Seven so, yeah. times. He was sacked seven times seven, this week against, the, against the Jets, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, so they really need to get Taylor Luan back and healthy oh, and yeah. back to him. They normal really self. Well, he hasn't he hasn't played the last couple games. He looked terrible that first game. So whatever's going on with him, they really need to figure that out. Their offensive line has been pretty banged up as well. So those guys are great at run blocking right now, but they can't drop back and pass protect to save their life at this point in time. If those wide receivers aren't out there, Josh Reynolds had a fine game last week. We'll give him that. But Mr. Rogers has been a little bit surprised in the slot, but they have no tight end either. I don't care what anybody says about Anthony Ferkser. He Ferkser is, not is trash. He is not good. He's yeah, not good. he doesn't even line up as a tight end. <laughs> they never should have gotten rid of Johnny Smith. They really shouldn't have. They should have given Johnny the money. Uh, but honestly, Johnny wasn't even as good as people think he is because he put up similar stats to Gerald Everett in L.A. and everybody thought Gerald Everett was trash. And, I like I mean, Gerald Everett. I like Gerald over yeah, too. I like Johnny Smith too. Is a t- like he's a red zone guy. He's not someone who's going to put you over the top. But you know, we all we all watch football a little bit more than other people. But also, I I just feel like even just keeping Johnny on this team, he he would have definitely been an upgrade from Ferkser. Mm-hmm. They just honestly need Julio and AJ Brown to stay healthy, and they wouldn't even need a tight end at all. Yeah. Is you could just use AJ Brown in the in the red zone and Julio between the twenties is what Julio is good for because he doesn't score touchdowns. We all know that, and uh, we wouldn't have to worry about any of this stuff going on. Yeah. Well, part of those Jono stats last year were deflated too because as soon as Taylor Lewan came in, he was stuck blocking and pass protection a lot of the time too. So that's why he had this big drop off. And then Anthony Ferkser had these kind of random pop-up games, and everybody's like, oh, Ferkser's the thing now. And Jono's dead, but Jono's was stuck blocking because they didn't have a left tackle anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, I think Taylor Lewan was well, – I thought he was healthy in this last game. I thought I saw him out there. He in was the game. out there. He played. Yeah, uh, he that's what I thought. Beat, he got beat a couple times. Uh, yeah. Not mm-hmm. going to lie. I, I do have to say, uh, for all the people that uh, need, need someone to root for, uh, if they want to watch uh, a good uh, defensive end – uh, that plays for the Jets. John Franklin Myers had a game. I like him. John I Franklin like you guys' defensive line as a whole, I honestly. Like, I will give them this. The Jets' defense, secondary, not good. Marcus May, I do like. Their yeah. front seven, though. I was going to say something about Marcus yeah. May. Marcus too. May had a pretty We're good game. Secondary. I like Marcus May. Um, CJ Mosley, man. Mosley's tackles been really sack. good. To I start have actually... CJ Mosley's actually from Mobile. Uh, you know, you guys know I live yeah. in... Yeah. I live in Sim, I live in Sims, Alabama, which is right outside of Mobile. And one of the guys I played uh, arena football with is actually friends with CJ Mosley, and I met him at this oh, produce nice. market one time with my buddy I played arena football with. So uh, it was pretty cool. He was not as big. He wasn't as big as I thought he was going to be, honestly. Yeah, he's not that big. He's not that really big, a no. big guy. Like you're kind of tall, but you're just you're a guy. What was he like personally? Was he nicer? He's a, he's a very nice guy. He shook my hand. I, he was down there to uh, – he bought a bunch of watermelons. He was doing a uh, – because mm-hmm. you guys know I'm a nurse. For one of our cancer kids, he was doing like a a fundraiser for them. Mm-hmm. That's him awesome. and the other guy. Awesome. So, so he was down here doing a – came down from New York 
because this is when he was playing in New York, all the way to Mobile, Alabama, to do a fundraiser for a little girl that had cancer at my hospital. Yeah, that's really that's cool guy. Yeah, he, he seems so I, like a good dude. Honestly, I really. Oh like yeah, him. he was a really guy. Shook my hand, talked to me for a second, and then you know he had, he had, he had other stuff to do, so yeah, I didn't try to keep him around. He was busy, like, you know. Oh, are you, you CJ freaking Mosley now? Yeah, I saw, I saw him from across the produce market. I'm like, and I saw my buddy Etrick because my buddy Etrick Pruitt that I played with, he was actually on the, he was actually the guy that got beat when Seattle got beat by the, I think the Steelers in the Super Bowl. He's the, the safety that slipped, Etrick Pruitt. And that was the guy I played on uh, my arena football team with. And I saw him from across the room. And then I saw the other guy and I was like, shit. It was like C.J. Mosley. So I went up and I was like, hey, are you C.J. Mosley? He's like, yeah, yeah. And he shook my hand, talked to me for a second, and then he had to bounce out of there. Yeah, he was like, I'm mm-hmm. busy. I got stuff to do, brother. Yeah, I got <laughs> stuff to do. I'm, I'm an NFL player. I'm like, uh, I was just buying, buying, you, here, you buying, I just here buying produce. So. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. I, I love the way your defense honestly played, the Jets defense played this past week. I mean, Quinnen Williams, uh, you know, John Franklin Myers, obviously, and uh, uh, Sheldon Rankins. That's a good defensive line. Say, don't, forget, to be excited don't, don't forget Quinnen's brother, Quincy. Quinnen and Quincy, yeah. the the two, yeah. two brothers, they they had a game, and I think they that did. This, this Jets front seven, I think, can genu- genuinely get pressure on quarterbacks. Like even if they have a decent offensive line, I think once this this unit starts to gel a bit more, uh, I think that they'll be pretty solid. It's just that secondary; their secondary needs yeah. a lot of work. Other than Marcus work. May, uh, I, I like Marcus they May. Got... They got my boy Ashton Davis back now too. He's yeah, back from IR. He looked he looked pretty good at times last year. Do you yeah. remember the Monday Night Football game? He laid out Cam Newton. They called roughing the passer on him. Yes. I was like, that dude's giving up like sixty pounds to him. <laughs> like, how can he rough oh, Cam Newton? He is six one and two hundred pounds, and like mm-hmm. a lean two hundred pounds mm-hmm. versus Cam Newton. Uh, but but like just answering the the, the yeah. I'm, I'm assuming last last kind of question for this game. Yeah. Uh, with mm-hmm. the Titans, yeah. first off, gotta say Derrick Henry, not human, Terminator, mm-hmm. like certified no. Terminator. He, he's seriously not a person. No, and I do have he's to not. say this. I will Craig, put money on it that he's not a real person. Craig, I'll give you this: injuries might be off, but for Derrick Henry, sliders are on. So uh, even if he wears down, I don't think it'll matter uh, mm-hmm. by, by yeah. that point in the season. So uh, I I don't think fatigues. The, everybody turned fatigue down for Derrick Henry, and everybody else is up. Oh so yeah, he's just gonna be killing it. He can still get injured possibly, but if he doesn't get injured, he's just gonna it's, keep rolling at yeah, the same it's speed. Not, it's not a big deal. 100%. Uh, but but Henry doesn't slow down. <laughs> uh, definitely the biggest thing with this Tennessee offense is it's got to be this health and the health of the receivers, and it's got to be that mm-hmm. offensive line. And, and the guy that looked really good for me uh, offensively for the Titans, Jeremy McNichols. He was solid. Yeah. Like, first off, I hope they plug that's, him in more than That's a name. That's a football just, name, right I there. I just Nick honestly do not see. I don't. I don't see it continuing. No, that that's my like, big thing. Once that's a guy team, that like they really healthy, use that guy, but once they're healthy, like they're not throwing to him anymore. Like, no. Eric Henry's no. in hundred percent of the snaps, and then oh, yeah. not a hundred. Obviously, not a hundred percent of the snaps. Just but, about a hundred. Yeah, just like ninety-three percent of the snaps, Jerry McNichols gets like three catches going forward, and then <laughs> they throw to AJ Brown and Julio Jones. So, I mean, people, if you wanna if you wanna go through all your fab on Jeremy Jeremy McNichols, you're probably 
just losing all your money. So please just let some <laughs> o- some other person in your uh-huh. league that is really excited about all these fantasy points he got in a PPR league, let them just just take on this burden and get yeah. rid of all their fab. And you just keep yours and wait for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Just wait for somebody to go down completely and then they pick somebody up then. Don't mm-hmm. don't even blow your fab on Jeremy McN- yeah. Jeremy McNichols right now. Oh no, I no, see, no, I'm not saying I see the uh, other Craig agrees. Hundred percent. Me and Coach are on the same page. And that's the thing. I'm not Never. saying uh, I'm not expecting his production to be, you know, a, a long term consistent mm-hmm. thing at all. Definitely because once not. this offense is healthy, I mean, he's like fourth string, maybe yeah. lower. Like, you know, he, he's mm-hmm. a guy that, that's gonna end up just being a, a complete depth player, uh, who's yeah. gonna end up, like you said, not just three catches. He might just end up with maybe three targets a game. Whether he catches them or yeah. not, it's a different story. So mm-hmm. once this offense is healthy and once this offensive line can kind of whip itself back into shape, if they even can at that, yeah. just because of their health and because mm-hmm. of the scheme that they, they play, uh, you know, it seems like they want to get Tannehill involved mobily, like let him work outside of the pocket. Mm-hmm. But sometimes he kind of just has to do that or he'll get mm-hmm. murdered uh, okay. or he can just stay back there and get murdered anyway. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not like he has much of a choice every play. So, Derrick Henry, if he wants the carries, he's getting the carries. I think it's as simple as that. He might just, like, you know, stomp over. I might just ask him, like, hey, do you want us to run the ball this play? And Derrick Henry's like, yeah. Give it no, not even that. No, he'll no, he'll probably just go up to Vrabel or, or whoever and just be like, we're running the ball. And they're like. Yeah, he'll just go up and be like three in a row. And Vrabel be like, yes, sir. Yep. <laughs> because how do you say anything else but yes, sir, to Derrick Henry as the largest man in the universe? I mean, no, he's that, like Thanos reincarnated. Yeah. You know, he's like Thanos I mean, personified. What, what is he like? Six three, like two forty five or something? Yeah, he's, at, list, at, he's, he's listed. He's listed at six three and two forty seven. Ain't no Holy way. Shit, I was so close. Yeah. Ain't no <laughs> way. He is that was only the six the foot door. three. There is no way he's only 6'3". That is a massive thing. They also also list Mo Alley Cox really low as well. He's like 6'7", I think. Not no. Look on the thing. Don't they he's only like, like six, six four, six, six five. Or six, There's four, no way six, he's a five. former yeah. basketball no, player. Cox is the biggest person on the field at all time. He played basketball. He looks, like an, he looks like an actual giant on the field. He played for VCU, and when they were on a run, yeah, he he played college basketball. Yeah, that guy cool. is a giant, and he finally it finally paid off. My Mo Ali Cox love because coach knows about it. It's it's unwarranted for the most part, but for some reason, I just fucking love this guy. And he finally got like twenty points. It's probably the only time it'll happen. So I'm a victory lap, like just one quick lap, and it'll probably never happen again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, did you no. Play yeah. Anywhere? What was that? Did you play him anywhere? Because nobody played him last week, yeah, even no. though Jack Doyle yeah, was no. limited in he's practice. Still, the back he's end. sitting on my damn bench in so many leagues, but oh, it God. was fun. And I was actually pretty pissed. Am I, uh, am I one, uh, am I one like rebuild league? I played Max Williams and he went off. And then I played like a bunch of guys that, like I was, I wasn't even trying to win. Like I was actually trying to lose, and I played 
I played freaking James Conner, 20 points almost. I played Max Williams, 20 points. Yeah, he called out Sam Darnold got me 40 points. Debo got me 36. And JD McKissick got me 14. So, like, I was like, okay, I'm sitting here with 160 points on my garbage team. I don't really know what's going on right now. Yeah. Well, it, it's just, yeah, you, you guys have yeah, been around. You, right, ne- you mean, never know. Derrick Henry, man. It's like, I don't, do you guys ever, you guys ever heard of Chuck Muncie? No. He's a former Chargers running back that played back in the late 70s, early 80s. He was Dan Fouts' like, go-to guy out of the backfield. He's basically like him 2.0 because he was like a similar size. He was like 6'3", 230. Um, it's like that, but even better. And Chuck Muncy was a monster. You guys should look him up. His highlights are just invigorating to watch. Uh, now, maybe not necessarily on the caliber of Derrick Henry because we've never seen anything quite like this. It's, you know, never, ever. Yeah. So he, he's absolutely outstanding, honestly, what he's been able to do. 33 carries for 157 yards and a touchdown. He's been invigorating to watch. I think they can lean on him more so than anyone else because he's just such a workhorse and he, he's so resilient yeah. to that kind of like physicality that he takes on. Um, but still, like these guys, they, you know, running backs, man, when you get him the ball too much, they start to lose some tread on their tires. And I think they need to be cautious. They need to find a way to open up the pass game. They need to first and foremost find a way to rectify these pass protection, protection situations because Nate Davis – and, and David, David uh, Kessenberry as well looked absolutely flat-out awful in this game. They were flat-out atrocious in this game. And it's been an issue throughout this season. So if they can get that honestly rectified, um, you know, on that right side of that offensive line, that's a starting point. And, and, and of course, as, as a result, you know, getting you know Julio Jones and A.J. Brown back into the offense too – and find a way just to get them the ball through Ryan, you know, Ryan Tinhill uh, lofting it up to them because they, there's just too much going for this Titans offense to not be as, you know, as formidable as uh, as they could be, you know, to be an AFC contender. Uh, but we're running, uh, you know, really tight on time right now. So let's kind of plow through these previews to close it out. Um, you know, we had some questions lined up, but I think we're just going to get into a couple sentences at, at most from from each of you guys in terms of what you expect for these games. Uh, uh, we'll start with the 49ers who are two and two at this point against the 4-0 Cardinals. They're in that tough division, man. The NFC West, it's really tough. Uh, you know, a lot of competition in there. I, you know, what, what are we expecting out of this game? Is this do or die for the, car, for the, for the for, uh, excuse me, for the 49ers? And is this also a, a proving point for the Cardinals to be that, that number one contender in the NFC? I, I mean, I really think the Cardinals should be able to win again. And this, this is one of those games that the 49ers have to win if they really want to be relevant to to win the actual division. I think the 49ers either way are relevant to to be a wild card spot. I mean, but the Cardinals, I mean, you have you have Kyler Murray just torching defenses and then Trey Lance might start this week and do you really trust Trey Lance to go up against Kyler Murray like head to head and actually win a game even with mm-hmm. The defense that you have, it doesn't matter what you have on your side of the ball. Debo's going bananas, yeah. but and you have George Kittle, one of the best mm-hmm. tight ends in football. But I mean, when you're going up against the Cardinals and you have DeAndre Hopkins, you have Kyler Murray, uh, mm-hmm. James Conner scoring touchdowns like crazy. Chase Edmonds yeah. is doing okay. AJ Green is looking a yeah. little bit invigorated, which is surprising to me because I didn't know if AJ Green was going to be anything anymore because he's dealt with so many injuries and yeah he's in the team in in receiving yards too yeah and he's one of those guys like when when you get older in age and you're one of those possession receivers you typically start to fall off but he came onto an offense 
where he can actually produce because he's not a wide receiver one. And I think a lot of the guys fall off because they still try to focus on them as the wide receiver one, but he's the wide receiver two at best on that team. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they have weapons. They got Rondale Moore. Christian Kirk mm-hmm. has shown out at, at certain times. Yes. I mean, so I, what do you got I just the don't, score? I don't see – I. I mean, I could see the Cardinals winning by probably two touchdowns at this point for me, especially if, if Trey Lance starts probably like, I don't know, 28 to 14. I, I can easily see a score like that happening or maybe even like a higher score, but I, like a, a two-score deficit for the 49ers. What do you got, George? Uh, I, I'm, I'm with Craig here 100%. I feel like... Honestly, for me, even if Jimmy Garoppolo starts this game for the 49ers, I just don't see how they have the talent on on really either side of the ball to be able to keep up, especially with some of the injuries that they've already started to deal with. Uh, defensively, you know, they're going to be out. Uh, Javon Kinlaw, and he, he is a, a force, you know, yeah. on that defensive line. Uh, you're also going to be missing uh, Samson Abukum. And then offensively, Elijah Mitchell's uh, come out. Uh, I think he's had an interesting role. Uh, to play in this offense, I feel like he's he's been very solid to start his career, and then of course Trent Williams is a huge piece, and and if they're missing him, I just think that makes this even easier for the Cardinals. I'm not as forward with like picking scores just because I'm really not good at that. Okay. Uh, so I'm just gonna pick uh these games against the spread. Uh, okay. the spread on this one, you've got this uh Cardinals have a five and a half point or, or minus five and a half. Uh, Cardinals to win and cover. I think it's as simple as that. Not much else needs to be said. Kyler Murray is that guy. Yeah, he's just he's just off to an absolutely <laughs> torrid start this season. So uh, l- watch out for Kyler Murray. What have you got, Coach Craig? Yeah, I think the Cardinals are going to win too as well. I think they'll cover. Whether it's Trey Lance or Jimmy, I don't think it makes too big a difference. Obviously, if Trey Lance is back there, he can run around a little bit. They might call the game a little bit different. But I think the outcome's still probably going to be the same, kind of like George already mentioned. I think Trent Williams, I don't think he's going to play this week. And if he's not playing, you're probably going to have either J.J. Watt or Chandler Jones staring in your face on every given play. And this 49ers run game, as good as it's been for as long as we can remember, when you only have Trey Sermon who, don't get me wrong, if you guys like Trey Sermon, that's fine. I was never a big guy on Trey Sermon. He doesn't really fit this offense anyways, and he's just a he's just a guy at the end of the day. Is if Elijah Mitchell can stay healthy, he's probably going to start over Trey Sermon easily, if we're being honest. he He's more the Raheem Mostert type of role because he's fast. I mean, you look at his 40 time and the way he plays, he, he's more of the Raheem Mostert type of guy. And then once Jeff Wilson comes back, they're going to have that one-two punch. And I'm, I like Jeff Wilson, and I know, I know Coach likes Jeff Wilson. He's one of the guys I even got. He's one of the guys that got me on Jeff Wilson. And mm-hmm. once he comes back, I don't even know if Sermon has a role. I think if, if Mitchell's healthy, it's, it's, it's Wilson-Mitchell yeah. going forward. So, yeah, what are you, you were finishing up, Coach Craig? Yeah, so I just don't see that running game. For whatever reason, Brandon Ayuk hasn't quite done it this year. I don't mm-hmm. think these corners that are playing for the 49ers, they had to roll out Drake Kirkpatrick last week. Who <laughs> wasn't even good on the 49 or wasn't even good on the Cardinals last year. Rolled in off the street like week two or three this year. It's just and he played all the snaps. It's like hopefully, you know, Josh Norman's probably not gonna play because he's got collapsed long. 
there's just so many injuries. It's going to be too much to overcome, I think. And yeah. It could end up being not pretty. I I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being like 31-17. The 49ers typically do play pretty well against the Cardinals, though. That's the only thing to hang on to here. Yeah. I, I think, honestly, I like what the Cardinals have been able to do from an offensive standpoint, obviously, with Kyler Murray. They're just so multidimensional. Getting Chase Edmonds involved in the run game, too, has been really nice to see as well. Uh, but de- defensively, too, I like the secondary in terms of Byron Murphy and, and, and Buda Baker kind of clicking this year. And they, I think they're really starting to build some some uh, 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 some rhythm in themselves to just be a formidable bunch, and especially going up against this uh, uh, you know, rookie quarterback, they're probably looking at this like, you know, th- th- you know, th- th- this is like the, the creme de la creme of opportunities to just absolutely feast on him. Because, like, let's be real, I like Trey Lance. I think he's got a lot of, uh, you know, great intangibles that, that, that are very valuable. But, you know, he's a work in progress right now. He's got some accuracy issues that he has to hone. He's got to work on, um, you know, some touch issues, some, some, some deep ball issues as well. Uh, so it's a work in progress right now with him. I think if he can lean on, you know, George Kittle, you know, as a security blanket, find ways to get Debo Samuel the ball in short yardage situations. Maybe they could pull off an upset, but like you guys, I expect it to be probably a 10-point differential with the Cardinals taken away with this one. Now let's go to the Bills and Chiefs. The Bills are heading to Arrowhead Stadium, where the 3-1 Bills are, are of course, taking on the, the 2-2 Kansas City Chiefs, which is really surprising to say, you know, talking about the Chiefs at this point in the season through the first four games being this kind of, you know, uh, um, Mix a kind of a mixed situation. Uh, what do you guys take away from this matchup? Do you think the Chiefs are going to uh, avoid falling to below 500, or are they are they in store for a pretty big surprise up against this this incredibly uh, hot Bills offense? I mean, I can see I can see the Bills coming in here and and winning this game. Uh, they have Allen and Diggs, and then they have uh, Emmanuel Sanders has really become a a consistent wide receiver too for that offense. Yeah. And they the Chiefs defense is not good. Oh, it's bad. Just, it's really bad. It's not good. Like they have they mm-hmm. have the honey badger and they have nothing else basically it yeah. seems like. Their their defensive line is not good at all. So outside of Chris Jones, like, I like him. Yeah, outside of Chris Jones is great. But yeah. like as far as getting pressure on a quarterback, it's mm-hmm. it's not a good defensive line and you're not going to be able to get pressure on if you can't get pressure on a quarterback you're not going to be able to get pressure on josh allen because he can move anyways by himself so it doesn't matter if you get pressure on him or not so i mean i can really see allen just going off this game if he has to run the ball or throw it he i i I just see the bills really kind of taking control of this game and it it's just going to be it's i I feel like it's going to wind up being like who has the ball last Mm -hmm. because mahomes he I don't care who Mahomes plays. I don't care what defense it is. He can overcome a defense. Mm-hmm. He's that good of a quarterback. So as far as like the Bills defense, they're good, whatever. I don't care. It's Patrick Mahomes either way. And he's got Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. So this is going to come down to who has the ball last. It's going to be like a one-score game. Oh, But okay. if if I had to go with it, I, I might pick the Bills. I, I, I feel like I might pick the Bills right now. It, that's what that's where my heart is at. What would you have a st- score in mind? Uh, man, forty-two thirty-five. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I, c- I could see high that. I'm kind of yeah. yeah I, 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 I see, see it being a high scoring high scoring affair. Mm-hmm. I could see that. What do you got, George? Yeah, I'm I'm with Craig on this one in terms of this ending up being a high scoring affair. Both of these teams are certainly led by their offense and their offensive prowess. 
I'll, I'll give the Bills this. Um, I think their defense has certainly been better than the uh-huh. Chiefs' defense. Yeah. And uh, even with some of the possible injuries, you know, each team has a couple questionables uh, coming into this game. Uh, for the Chiefs, they, they have actually a couple guys that uh, very recently, I mean, yesterday, went on the IR. Uh, so they'll clearly be out for this game. But overall, I just see the Bills as a more complete team. All in all, I feel like the mm-hmm. way that they've been able to use their, their pair of good running backs. Um, receiver-wise, uh, Stefan Diggs has been fantastic. Again, Emmanuel Sanders is really proving himself yeah. to be a key mm-hmm. part of this team and of this offense. And, you know, Josh Allen might not exactly have the same, you know, uh, stat line as Patrick Mahomes, but it's not too far off. It's really not. And, and Josh Allen is truly a dynamic weapon with his legs. Uh, the spread on this game is Kansas City minus two and a half. I take Buffalo, win and cover. So oh, easily. Simple yeah. as that. Interesting. Okay. You're curious to hear what your take is. Are you going to differ from uh, the norm at this point, Coach Craig, or what do, what do you got for us? So I think I'm going to differ a little bit, but I'm going to say, you know, Kansas City being 2-2, two and two, this is kind of, you you want to call it regression, to be just because of how they played last year. They got behind in so many games last yeah. year, and they it's just like the came back every time, every time, every yeah. time. It just kept happening. And now this year, it's finally happening, and they're finally slipping up a couple times where because you know, it's pretty much a law of averages type of thing. If you're yeah. playing so many close games, you're bound to lose some of them at some point, especially if you're trying to come back in on games at all the time. For me, this game really does come down to the defense. It comes down to these key defensive players that are injured for both teams. So Chark Ward, who has not played for the last two weeks for the Chiefs, he was a full participant in practice today. He is their best corner by far at this point in time. If he plays, that makes a big difference for their secondary because DeAndre Baker's not on the field at all. Yeah. <laughs> and he hasn't been very good at Yeah, exactly. He, he's better at messing around with guns than he is at playing football at this point, but we're not going to go there. And, oh, um, and then Frank Clark, their defensive end, who obviously hasn't played. He played yeah. one of the weeks this year. I think it was week two, and then he's missed like all the other weeks. He's probably their best pass rusher outside of Chris Jones. Chris Jones is really interesting this year because they've been playing him at D end instead of D tackle because mm-hmm. they brought yeah. in Jaron Reed from Seahawks to help stuff the run, which really exactly. hasn't paid off. Yeah, so he's been a huge disappointment. So maybe they get a little bit more pass rush generated. For the Bills on defense, they need to get that pass rush going. If they can do that, if they can get after Patrick Mahomes, especially with just the front four, that's the difference in the game. But – we haven't quite seen that in, out of the Bills too much. I know they added all these young players too, but it's really time to step up, you know, really time to show up or, or you know, shut up at this point yeah. in time. And then there are two key injuries for the Bills is uh, Matt Milano, the linebacker, who is actually very good in coverage typically against tight ends. I know he was down last year, but he most of that was due to injuries. Now he's hurt again at last week. He did not practice today. If he doesn't play, they got to put somebody else on Travis Kelsey anyways. Mm-hmm. So is that a Micah Hyde, a Jordan Poyer? Jordan Poyer missed last week as well, but he was limited in practice today. So if he's able to go, that's going to make a big difference. But if they're missing both those guys, the Chiefs might just be able to have their way with the Bills defense if the Bills defense isn't generating pressure at all. So I'll pick the Chiefs to win by three. I don't really have a score on the top of my head, but you know, just that three this is just enough to cover. But I think it's going to be close back and forth game like Craig already alluded to, kind of who has the ball last. And, you know, 
we've seen the Chiefs the two times they lost this year is when they had the ball last and they turned the ball over. Yeah, I thought you brought a great point about the Chiefs kind of playing from behind so so many times where they, they were constantly just – you know, winning games late too often, and it comes back to bite you. And it's not even just because it's for one thing, law of averages. There's that, that's a great point, but it's also just exhausting mentally to have to do that. You think about the mental toll it's got to take on you to constantly have to play from behind, uh, uh, and just you know set yourself set yourself up for some mental adversity like that. It's just not good. Uh, because we all know this team is incredibly talented. And I, I think, honestly, they're going to come away with this win. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be a high-scoring affair despite the Bills' defense but because that's really just what the Chiefs have going offensively. So I'm going to say probably like, yeah, like 41-38. I could totally see that. Maybe a 35-33, something along the lines of that. I could see it totally playing out like that. Um, I just think this Chief offense is, is, is just way too too damn formidable to count out. And the way Patrick Mahomes went off last week with five touchdowns, you know, I expect repeated results, even up against tough Bills defense that, you know, has been absolutely sensational this year. So I got them coming away with this one. Our final game to preview. The Browns at the Chargers. Uh, two, three, and one teams right now. Uh, the Browns, of course, uh, just consistently proven to be a, a top-notch AFC contender. The Chargers coming out of nowhere, I think, suffice it to say for a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people expected them to be at this point of the season, at least for me. I didn't expect it to be this them to be this formidable, especially defensively, the way they played. Uh, what do we see coming out of this, uh, this game, fellas? This is a tough one for me because I've really liked Cleveland's defense and how they've been able to come out and perform, especially coming up against some uh, of the better offenses uh, in the NFL so far this season. Uh, but at the same time, and, and I understand, like, just this is coming off Monday night's game where we saw first half was just a, a pure, just fantastic effort by the Chargers in the first half that really set them up nicely for what ended up mm -hmm. being a slightly disappointing second half where their mm -hmm. defense started to let up points, their offense just did enough to get them mm -hmm. the win, just to, to extend drives and eat up clock. At the same time, I feel as though this defense has enough to at least slow down the Browns for this offense to get going and this offense to put up enough points to win this game. This game is in L.A. Um, main thing that I've loved about the Chargers offense so far, other than Justin Herbert, you know, at, at this point, I, I've already said it too many times, I was wrong. I love that young man. He's awesome. He's fantastic. I was wrong but, too. But, I love that guy. But I was kind of wrong. Out, I thought he could. No. Yeah. I was a hundred percent wrong. I thought he was not good, and he came out. He showed out, and he completely changed my opinion on him. I, I thought he was going to be a project. I thought he was going to be like a three-year plan to get him finally going before he could finally play, if that was going to happen. But I did not expect him to just light up the entire damn league, and it's right from the get-go, man. It yeah, was all, right off the bat. You know, All it took was a punctured lung for Tyrod Taylor. I mean, prayers By a botched situation, too, from the, yeah. the Chargers medical just staff. Just a punctured lung for Tyrod yeah. Taylor. I'm sorry, bud. I'm sorry you went through that. Yeah. But that's, that's gonna be awful. Yeah. You, anyway, you, had, you had to fall off so Herbert could come in. So yeah, you did and, great. And, and and looking at some of the uh, injury concerns for this game, um, for the Browns, you know they've got a couple questionables, a couple big ones. Jack Conklin is questionable. Uh, Denzel Ward yeah. is also questionable. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing for me is the fact that none of the Chargers' just outstanding offensive line so far mm -hmm. are hurt or questionable. Look, yeah. 
Corey Lindsley was a huge pickup. I, I, mm-hmm. I love that pickup immediately. That just really shores mm-hmm. up the interior. And then to go out and, and draft Rashawn Slater, who He's has been fantastic. And another another young guy that they've drafted that I've loved. Asante Samuel, dude. Asante yeah. Samuel Jr. Mm-hmm. My goodness, man. He has been fantastic for this mm-hmm. defense. Uh, right now, the spread is Chargers minus one and a half. That mm-hmm. is razor thin. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah. That is That's so damn. thin. Um, Splitting hairs with that one. Yeah. Uh, just on the back. Also, gotta say, I knew <laughs> I knew he's good. Mike Williams has been yeah. that dude so far for them. He's been nice. Yeah. Uh, on Herbert, on the back of Herbert and Mike Williams, I'm taking the Chargers to win. And if you're taking them to win with a spread like one and a half, you kind of have to take them to cover that spread as well. Uh, that That's, in a way, just like you said, splitting hairs. Mm-hmm. What have you got for us, Coach Craig? Let's see real quick. I, I just want to look and see what the Denzel Ward injury was. So it's a neck injury. Because uh, uh, he last year... Well, last year he dealt with that calf injury for forever. So if it was a lower body injury, that's where I was more concerned about him because they really need him to match up against Mike Williams. I think both these teams kind of match up pretty well against each other, though, in general. Troy Hill matches up okay against Keenan Allen in the slot. Greg Ward versus Mike Williams on the outside. Um, Just they've been using um, Jeremiah Usakoromoa a little bit more now. So he's he's going to cover... Eckler or Jared Cook. So what I would try to do if I was the Chargers, I'd try to put both those guys out wide, like spread it out as much as you can spread and just make Wusakoromo cover one of them yeah. and be like, okay, whoever he's not on, then we'll throw to that person. Like they can take this to the Cleveland Browns defense. I know you guys were hyping up for Sean Slater, but he did have a couple times last week versus, versus Crosby and then Yannick Ngakwe where he got beat pretty bad. And yeah. going against Miles Garrett, one of the best pass rushers in the league, that's going to be a true test for him. So we'll see mm-hmm. if they're able to kind of chip block him a little bit, get creative and stuff like that too. Their offensive line, it has looked a lot better though. And mm-hmm. obviously Corey Lindsley was a big part of that. Fun fact, he was like the only guy last year that played at least 10 games that didn't draw a penalty out of all offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Which really? Is, that is crazy. Think about that's it. impressive. Yeah. yeah. And how, how tall are the, uh, the corners? For the Browns right now, I know Dante they're, they're Jackson's super really tally. short. Denzel Ward's what, like six one, right? Five eleven. He's like six one or six okay. two. Oh, no, I was gonna Ward's say five eleven. He's not. So, so like if I know he didn't really get targeted a lot this week, but if they can just go for Mike Williams a lot more, that guy's six four, and yeah. Mike Williams has been going off this whole season mm-hmm. until this past week. So I don't know what happened. To Mike Williams, but if they can just try and get the ball to, I mean, you got to get get the ball to your playmakers. I mean, he's yeah. been he's been showing out all season. Get the ball to Mike Williams, and I think the Chargers can beat the Browns. I mean, it Herbert Herbert's that dude. The the offense looks great. The defense is improving. I mean, uh, the the only way the Browns can win this is if they try and uh, control time of possession and keep the ball on the ground a little bit more, which is what they like to do anyways. If they can just kind of dominate the game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, that that is their route to success. Yeah. And and then the Chargers' route to success is just throwing bombs and just, yeah. just getting it just getting it to where 
you have to have you have to force Baker Mayfield to win the game for the Browns instead of having having them take control of the game. You have to play your yeah. game. You mm-hmm. have to you have to score a lot of points, and then for the Browns to keep up, they have to throw, and that's how you win the game at this point. Yeah. Well, I think this is going to be a close one. And did you give a score by the way, uh, Coach Craig? Um, I don't think I did, but I think there's a chance that the Chargers could run away with this game a little bit. It's it could be a low scoring game though too, so it could be end up being like one of these games where it's like so back and forth, seventeen to fourteen, or it could be like a game where like the Browns score like ten points and the Chargers score like twenty four points or something. Yes. like that. I could see that happen. Yeah, but I think this is. I, I think it's really going to be. It's really going to be a game they're going to miss Jarvis Landry. I'm going to say yeah. that right now. How do you, you can't miss just... Jarvis Landry? You can't not miss Jarvis Landry. That dude catches everything, yeah. and it's all in the intermediate yeah. game. Like he first down, you need you need a four you need four yards for a first down. Throw it to Jarvis Landry. There you like, go, man. Jarvis Landry is catching everything thrown his way. He's he's and a great yeah. He's a great he's a, short yardage he's a receiver for sure. Great possession. Like, I mean, he was always the guy in in Miami that was getting over a hundred receptions. Uh, it just they're definitely missing him right now yeah but you are a great point coach craig about uh, jarvis Landry because like i don't think there's much chemistry right now between baker and odell i think that's a very there's big... never been yeah there really no. yeah exactly the there's never been. it really hasn't the whole time there's never been any and, kind of chemistry and that may be something they have I to hate really it. wonder about uh, uh evaluating going into the offseason is he a fit for this offense because they just can't seem to click if they're going to invest in baker mayfield for the future and that's also an interesting situation too because listen a lot of this offense has been predicated on the the run game you know uh and and with with you know the browns just getting it done with kareem hunt that one-two punch of kareem hunt and nick chubb man they've been leaning on those guys predominantly to carry the load and obviously what they've been able to accomplish defensively too on the other end um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I just think it's, you brought up a great point about that, but I'm sorry. I think I cut you off. You were finishing off with something. Uh, I'm trying to remember where I was at, but I think if you just take Odell out of the game or heck, you might not even have to take him out of the game. Cause they're not on the same page. It's like, this probably should have had yeah. two touchdowns last week and Baker just missed the throws. So, yeah, but I think yeah. they really need to focus on getting this run game going early building the play action off of it, getting these tight ends involved again. These tight ends haven't been involved the last couple of weeks. The Browns, like it was they okay versus so the Bears many because good tight ends. Yeah, like you have Harrison Bryant, you have David and Joku, and Austin, Austin Hooper. Hooper. That's yeah, that is three startable tight ends on any roster. Like they could be the tight end one on yeah. not. I I wouldn't say any roster. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you're most. not going to start on the, uh, but on but on most rosters in the NFL, any of those yeah. three guys could start. So it it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me why they're not more utilized in the passing game. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I, I really think they I think the Chargers in their game plan they really need to force Baker Mayfield's hand into kind of responding uh, uh, you know, to the level of a Justin Herbert, who I think will ball out. I, I think it's a great chance to ball out in this game. And people may say, well, you know, this is crazy. The Browns team has been phenomenal. And don't get me wrong, they've been out. They, they've been really good this year. But I, I think the way Justin Herbert's playing, man, it's like Dan Fouts, Dan Marino reincarnated, if you ask me. He's I love so the way good. he's playing. He's just—he's not afraid to take chances downfield. His connection with with Mike Williams—it's an ongoing work and I, ongoing work in progress, and I think it's really going to start to 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 pay dividends. Honestly, with the way they've been able to to work with each other over the last few weeks. 
Um, and, and Keenan Allen, obviously, and Austin Eckler, they should just go, they should fire on all cylinders. The Chargers, honestly, offensively, just let it all loose up against this Browns team because they have so many playmakers, and it's really boded well for them to just take chances offensively this year. This year. And yes. It's a good way to put your foot on the throat of an AFC contender in the Browns, you know? Uh, and so I just think, you know, forcing Baker's hand into this situation and say, hey, you have to step up and participate and, 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 you know, carry this team on your back. You can't just lean on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That'll bode well for them. I could see the Browns coming, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Chargers coming away with this, probably like a 28 to 24, maybe a 24 to 21, because, you know, again, they, these are two respectable defenses that have played that we've seen this year. So I could see something along the lines of that uh, ultimately playing out. But, uh, um, yeah, this Chargers team, man, they have been absolutely fun to watch offensively. Been a huge shocker, I think, for all of us to experience uh, this far this year, you know? So uh, that pretty much will conclude us for this episode. Uh, I want to thank you guys for for joining in on this. Coach Craig, thank you for being on. I know we went a lot longer than we anticipated. So I appreciate you bearing in, uh, bearing with us uh, uh, in on this podcast. I uh, uh, hope to have you on again. We've certainly enjoyed your company. Um, so you're more than welcome anytime to come on and, and, and share more of your takes. you got a lot of great insight, I think, especially with what you're doing on the side um, outside of this podcast. So uh, thanks again for being on. Thank you, Craig and George, for being on uh, this episode. Before we leave, I want to give one more shout-out to our sponsor, Symbol. Uh, you know, they. this is what the, uh, they're, they're our sponsor for today's episode. They've got a great way to get involved with sports betting and investing in the stock market. Uh, you can do both of those at the same time by utilizing the app symbol. Uh, use a promo code OTH. As you can see uh, Craig pointing uh, down below where we're going to have our graphic. You can get a $10 deposit bonus for a deposit of $25 or greater. Once again, use the promo code OTH and you get a $10 deposit bonus for a deposit of $25 or greater. Thanks again, guys, for being on the show. We're clearly out of it at this oh, fucking point. <laughs> so we're just still here for some reason. Yeah, we're still we're here just... for some reason. Our mouths are moving, our brains are, you know, maybe not on the same page, you know. Now, it's Mine's been a long one. definitely not there anymore. Yeah. So, it's, it's been a long one, but I hope you guys uh, enjoy listening in t- to this podcast. We certainly enjoyed uh, making it for you guys. And we'll see you next time right here on OTH Football. Take care, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one.